Hey, it's the Mark Butler Show, episode 56, and this week I have financial milestones on my mind. In the last couple of weeks, I've had a couple different clients and a really good friend share their financial goals with me, and they have great financial goals. And for some reason, I have some friends and some clients who have achieved unusual uh, financial results. They've, they've reached milestones that a lot of us won't ever reach. I'm, I may never reach them. I don't know. It depends on what I decide I really want, what really matters to me, and what I decide to pursue. But I find myself thinking about these milestones that we've all decided are true or that, that they are worthy in and of themselves, and I find myself questioning them. Not that I think these financial milestones are bad, it's that I also don't necessarily think that they're inherently good. I think they just are. And I'm talking about examples like when people say, I want to earn a certain amount of money, or when people say, I want to have a certain amount of money in the bank. Of course, this relates directly to your business because ultimately the reason your business exists is for you to use your skills, your interests, your experience to produce income for yourself and others maybe, but especially to produce income for yourself and to achieve a certain financial result. Now, I understand there are businesses that have dual goals where there's a financial goal and they're also kind of uh, world improving goals and hopefully those go hand in hand. But I am talking in this case more about the financial outcome that all of us as self-employed people and business owners are pursuing. A long time ago, uh, a peer of mine who's more of a mentor at this point, actually, I've really watched him grow his businesses and do some amazing things. He said, anytime, anytime you start a business, you really have to have an exit strategy. And there's no one exit strategy that's, that's correct. He said, you can aim to build a business that someone else is willing to buy, and then you can sell it. You can build a business that other people are capable of running, and then you can quote unquote exit the business by having your team run the business. Um, and those are both totally valid outcomes for a business owner. But he said, you just want to know what your goal is so that you can work toward it and create a business that best supports that goal. Well, once we know what goal our business is trying to support, or on the way to trying to figure out what goal that is, we should really make sure we understand why that goal is the goal. Because something I'm observing in myself and in my friends and in my clients is that we'll often set a milestone will say that when I have X dollars in the bank or when I've achieved X income, that's when I will be what? I'll be happy, I'll be fulfilled, I'll be satisfied with this particular project. Any one of those things can be valid. I think every one of those things should be questioned. You know, I might say, I want to have a million dollars in the bank. My business's financial purpose is to provide enough profit so that after I've paid my taxes... And after I've paid my bills and made my life work, I can have enough money left over to eventually have that money grow to be a million dollars in the bank. I think that's when you have to start asking the question, why? Why do I want a million dollars in the bank? What are the assumptions I have about what life will look like and how I'll experience life after I have the million dollars that makes it worthwhile to pursue that particular goal? I'm not sure anyone would ever be sorry to have a million dollars in the bank, although I really do believe there are scenarios where more money 
actually diminishes the value of the experience or hurts the experience. I, I do believe that's possible because mathematically speaking, if it's possible that having less money diminishes the value of the experience, then it has to be true that there's also a certain amount of money past which it's too much. I know that's a little strange, so stew on that. You can tell me if you think it's ridiculous. But my point is, if you're thinking about the million-dollar goal, it's worth pausing to say, why? Why do I want a million-dollar goal? And then your answer, your first answer might be something like, well, because once I have a million dollars, then I'll have total freedom. And then I would ask you, why? Why will you have total freedom? Or in other words, what does total freedom mean to you? You might come back with any number of reasons. I want you to question those reasons. You might say, because once I have a million dollars in the bank, really, I won't have to answer to anyone. Is that true? Is there ever a scenario in in a person's life where they don't have to answer to anyone? And if it's true that they don't have to answer to anyone, is that a life you would actually even want? Do you want a life where you don't have to answer to anyone? Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. The point is to ask the question, why? You might also say, well, I want to have a million dollars in the bank because then I'll have security. Okay, security from what? Well, I'll be able to have any house I want, or I'll be able to drive any car I want, or I'll be totally immune to job loss. I'll be totally immune to getting fired by clients. I would say that whatever comes up for you when you say, Once I have X dollars in the bank, I will be secure from or I'll be immune to these what you would call negative scenarios. I would ask you the question, is that even true? Will you be immune to those things? Will you be completely secure from those things? Why or why not? These are not loaded questions. You really just want to ask ask yourself these questions with pencil and paper, with pen and paper in hand. And then you want to just download your thoughts associated with any one of these scenarios. So take any one of them as an example. If I have a million dollars in the bank, I'll be completely immune to financial bumps. Or I'll be completely immune to job loss. Well, what does it mean to actually be immune to job loss or to financial bumps? What does that actually mean? And how can you create that without necessarily having a million dollars in the bank? What is the essence of being totally immune to losing a job, losing a client, having an extended illness? What does it truly mean to be immune to those things? I don't know. I, I don't know what that means for you. These are, these are all completely individualistic, individualized answers for every single one of us. You should, as I should, spend the time figuring out what it means then you have to make sure that when you write on that piece of paper, $1 million equals immunity against X, Y, and Z, you have to make sure it's actually true. And it might be, but you have to make sure that it's actually true. I think what we will all find as we go through this exercise is that whatever milestone we've set for ourselves, we've set it because we're pursuing a feeling we're pursuing a feeling of security or we're pursuing a feeling of happiness. Something I've learned, if you've been listening to the podcast since I've been exploring this uh, life coaching and been going through the life coaching certification process is that all feelings are available to us at all times, 
once we think the thoughts that create those feelings. Now, if you think that's not true, I'd be happy to chat about it with you, but it's a very interesting idea for you to explore. Any feeling is available to you once you're willing to figure out what thoughts produce that feeling. Once you acknowledge that, you get out of the situation where you're having to rely on financial circumstances, X dollars in the bank, X number of clients, X number of products, whatever it is. You're you're not having to rely on these new circumstances to produce certain feelings for you because the reality is it's only the thoughts that you're going to have or that you think you will have about those circumstances that will produce certain feelings for you. So I'm not trying to make this just all um, touchy-feely and it's all about you know positive mental attitude and all of that. I believe those things and I think they comply, apply completely to your business finances and to your personal finances. But I bring them up here because when I hear people talk about what is necessary and what is worthwhile as a financial milestone, I start to question them and say, I wonder what thoughts are producing that goal for you, what fears are producing that goal for you, and what feeling you're actually pursuing or trying to avoid. For example, I just recently had a friend tell me that he is certain that once he gets to X million dollars in the bank and in the market, he can draw a certain amount of income from that, and that that is when he will feel quote unquote finished. So it's a financial finish line for him. And when I asked him why, why that's necessary. And, and when I said, well, what if I don't, what if I don't think that's necessary? What if I don't believe that I ever have to have a certain amount of money in the bank in order to feel what you think you will feel when you have that money in the bank? And he said, well, it's just not true. It's not true because at some point you are going to want to stop working. You are going to want to stop doing the work that you do. And when that time comes, you better have the money in the bank because if you don't have the money in the bank, you'll have run out of desire to do the thing you're doing, but you'll still have expenses. You'll still have a desire to consume you know, groceries and clothes and shelter and vacation. You'll want to consume all of these things, but you will have run out of desire or ability to do the work that you're doing. And I said, okay, so the essence of the question here is not that I need X dollars in the bank. The essence of the question is, What's the likelihood that I will run out of desire or ability to do the work that's currently providing with me with the money that gets me that stuff? The shelter, the clothing, the food, the vacation, the transportation, all of it. How likely am I to run out of desire or ability? Well, desire is completely within my control, isn't it? I can, I can develop myself into a person that has a varied skill set and that has a certain quality of focus and persistence and ability to decide what I desire so that maybe I change what I do over time, but whether I desire to completely stop, that's that's totally up to me. I get to choose that. Now, the ability thing, will I have the ability to do the work I'm doing? Some of those factors are within my influence, but not within my control catastrophic illness, catastrophic accidents. These things are not necessarily within my control. They're part of the, all of the possibilities and probabilities that we face as humans. So all I can do with those is try to influence them to the best of my ability by being healthy or whatever I, whatever I can do to influence my physical and mental ability to do the work. But then I do have to have some sort of mitigating factor that that keeps me from 
suffering the consequences of a financial catastrophe or a, a physical catastrophe, a mental catastrophe. These things all happen. All, all types of illnesses or life circumstances can change. So that is, that is the one place where I feel like, yes, what he's saying makes some sense to me. At some point, I may run out of desire to do the thing that, I, that I'm doing. I may run out of ability or I may have a, a physical issue that prevents me from doing the thing that I'm doing. But I can work on those challenges in a lot of different ways. Having a big pile of cash in the bank isn't the only way that I can mitigate that risk. It's one of the ways. And it's a great way, by the way. I'm not down on saving money. I don't, I don't disagree with saving money for the long term. Of course I agree with it. What I'm questioning is the, the worship that, we, that I seem to see around the idea of piling up a bunch of cash. Because I think when you're piling up cash from a place of fear or from a place of feeling like, well, I think I'm going to run out of desire to do what I'm doing, then I would say, well, then maybe you should change what you're doing or maybe you should work on your desire. Maybe you should figure out what's going on that's causing you to have a reduced desire to do that work. And if you solve that, then now you've reduced the need for this big pile of cash. The most ironic thing to me or the evidence of what I'm saying, the evidence that some big financial milestone, some big nest egg is not necessarily the solution that everyone thinks it is, is that I've now had the opportunity to see multiple family, uh, family members and friends cross financial finish lines that most of us would say, oh, you at this point, given your financial circumstances, really should have no worries. And lo and behold, they still have financial worries. You and I might look at them and say, well, they're ridiculous. They have no reason to have financial worries. But they would explain to you why they still have those financial worries and what could go wrong and how they never quite feel safe or content and you should never be satisfied and how they have to keep going. So I take them as evidence that we can't rely on some arbitrary financial finish line to give us a sense of safety and security. We probably have to draw that sense of safety and security out of our own heads, regardless of our financial circumstances. It is fascinating to me that when a person uses fear or anxiety or obsessiveness to pile up a bunch of money, that once they have the big pile of money, not only do they not get rid of the fear, the anxiety, or the obsessiveness, that it might be stronger than ever. So where I am today, where you're getting me today is, in the idea that I do not want to pursue false financial finish lines. I want to pursue improving myself as a cash-producing asset, protecting myself as a cash-producing asset, and also accumulating, accumulating enough cash to offset any sort of catastrophe that might come and to give me just enough cushion, just enough leeway so that if I did happen to have a total desire to change everything about how I produce cash in my life, that there would be enough cash on hand to smooth out the transition from what I'm doing now to what I decide I want to do. I think if we start there, we, we can have a much more interesting conversation with the people that depend on us and that we depend on a much more interesting inner dialogue about our finances and about our businesses. And if we start with the idea that I am a cash producing asset 
and I have lots and lots of tools and resources available to protect and enhance that asset, then we can see what role long-term savings can play and long-term investing can play in that overall plan. But as soon as we decide that there's some financial finish line that we can cross that will solve all our worries, solve all our problems, make everything, un- everything else unnecessary, I think we're falling into a trap that we're, we're abdicating the responsibility that we have for our lives and for our happiness to some future state, to some future version of ourselves that we think will exist after we have that money that never will because the only way we become that version of ourselves is to figure out who we want it to be. Start working on it now. Have a fantastic week, and I will talk to you next weekend.